Thank you very much, Living by the Word Ministries. Listening audience, we really appreciate you riding with us on the first half of the broadcast. This is the second half. My name is Darrell E.D. Fulton, one of the teammates of the Bible Information Brokers. Eric is another teammate who's going to receive your phone call. Jerry did a fine job getting us together, technologically speaking. And we're going to continue with the broadcast with Professor Craig Hawkins in studio, PCH, along with Brian Allen. So do this. Call us right now at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Do me a huge favor if you listen to us by way of uh, Facebook. Click share right now. The reason why I'm asking you to click share right now, because I'm going to ask the professor in studio, uh, you know, it doesn't usually uh, get an opportunity to come down, but in studio, we're going to give the gospel message. And I want you to share the button for this particular reason and this particular reason for sure. This being Resurrection Sunday, is it is special. It is a special day in regards to how we celebrate it and honor it. It's the pinnacle. It's the, it's the cornerstone of our, our belief system. And I'm going to ask Professor, without further ado, to, to give the gospel message by the power of the Holy Spirit so that people that you would share this um, broadcast with by way of Internet, you untold, you would not know until you get to heaven, being a believer, what rewards you would get for simply doing something else, clicking a button. And when you click that button and share, then you take an opportunity to evangelize the world of your contacts by the gospel message, PCH, if you would. Well, thanks, Daryl. I do want to mention I have an outline if people would like that on the resurrection and evidence for the historicity of Christ and his resurrection. You can't be resurrected if you don't even exist in the first place. We'll talk about that. But, you know, Daryl, a lot of things we could say, but what I want to say is is people are looking for meaning and purpose. Uh, many people today we know because of COVID and other reasons are very insecure, uh, very fearful Fear is rampant in our culture around the world. And it's not that we necessarily become fearless per se, although I do think the disciples who were cowards, and I'll say that, I think that's the appropriate term, I probably would have been the same way. I'm I'm sure I would have been the same way Mm -hmm. when Christ was arrested and crucified. And yet they they turned into indomitable individuals who could not be defeated, who would not back down because there was... They realized there was nothing to fear in death that was the doorway for glorification for them, and they were so committed to, to the cause of Christ. But right now, I know there's people listening right now who are looking for purpose, meaning some of you went away this weekend and you partied it up or, or whatever you did, and maybe you just had a kind of a, a melancholic or reflective weekend, but you just you know there's this emptiness. There's this leanness in your soul. There's this emptiness. You know that you are not experiencing life and that more abundantly, that whatever the purpose of life is, you have not grasped it. You have not attained that. And you don't need to go to some monastery or some top of some mountain and and meditate in the snow or otherwise. You just simply need to acknowledge that we're imperfect people. We're messed up. We're alienated from God through what's called sin, our imperfections. And we need to be restored to fellowship with God. And that's what life is all about. And you only can have fellowship with God through a relationship. And you can only have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. There's only one way. I know you say that sounds narrow, but let me tell you, if, if there's only one medication that if heals the very rare disease you have, well, th- then so be it. Saying, well, that's kind of closed-minded, that's not, that's, that's not helping the issue. The issue is what's the evidence? And here's the deal. You're empty. You're looking for meaning, purpose, significance. You know something's wrong. And you're about to actually, it could get worse. You're, you're one heartbeat away from a Christless eternity, being separated from God. And the wise person acknowledges that, asks for forgiveness, trusts in Christ, 
want to see you get into a Bible teaching, believing church, start reading your Bible, get a Bible. We'll be happy to send one to you if you don't have one. And maybe the Gospel of John or the little book of what's called Galatians in the New Testament, the book of Romans, those are great places to start. And ask God to really open your eyes and help you to see what what life is all about, what salvation. Salvation, it sounds just like a fancy religious word. It means primarily deliverance, to be delivered from some type of danger, indeed life-threatening danger. In this case, it is because of your sin, S-I-N. There's something way worse than COVID, way worse than AIDS, way worse than Ebola or any other disease you can think of, and that is sin, separation from God from for all of eternity. That's bad enough, but just having a boring, mundane, meaningless, purposeless life is no good either. Trust in Christ, repent, believe on him. You're listening to us right now. It's no accident. This is a divine appointment for you. I know there's literally, literally there's hundreds of thousands of people still on the freeway right now. And and of course, a lot of them listening to the radio. And if you, you're hearing us, obviously, whether you meant to or not, it's no accident. We want to encourage you to get right with God by trusting in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, asking for forgiveness, and relying upon him and him alone for salvation. What you're looking for, you're not going to find it in, in sexual relations. You're not going to find it in drug use. You're not going to find it in in success and making a lot of money or or professional accolades or even even philanthropy, even do-gooderism, if you will. You're not going to find it in... Uh, getting a lot of degrees, none of that's going to bring meaning, purpose, significance ultimately to your life. That is only found in Jesus Christ. The wise person acknowledges that, asks for forgiveness, thanks God, and begins to walk with God and to want to welcome you into the family of God. Um, it's not going to be easy. This is not the, uh, the 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 streets of gold yet. This is this life can be difficult, maybe difficult more than you've ever had it, but it is life. And that more abundantly, life to its fullest, life as it was truly meant to be. My friend, trust in Christ, believe on him as your Lord and Savior, and know that he and he alone only can give you eternal life. Indeed. Thank you, PCH. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've heard that gospel message and you know that you're that person, please let us know if you come to a saving knowledge of Christ, if you accepted the Christ that Craig just talked about. We'd love to hear from you. We can do it by Facebook. Send us an email. Call us. Do whatever you would love to rejoice with the angels of heaven. All of heaven is rejoicing over one lost soul. If you want to join the broadcast right now live, we have the second half of the broadcast happening right now. Join us, 888 You're joining us, meaning that you have a question. We want to hear your question. Any question, uh, if it's about the resurrection, that's super great. Any other question, please feel free to give us a call at 888 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Eric will take your phone call. Every other format you can send us a question is Facebook, email, tweet, or messenger us. It's all Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers on appropriate format. Guys, let's get back into uh, the resurrection talk until someone calls in with a different question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just going to throw the mic around since we've been doing that earlier. <laughs> now, <laughs> L- literally, literally. Literally. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, we, we, I, mean, we, I appreciate, Craig, that you uh, corrected my, that little easy d Now I'm going to put that word in there, demiracalize. I'm going to take that word and put it in my easy d book. But uh, demythologizing of the Bible and what we talked about that on the uh, previous hour. And feel free to listen to the previous hour to get some knowledge in regards to that. But let's talk about the resurrection, guys, and whatever it is on your mind or heart until such time we get phone calls. 
Well, sure. Right? No, I I, I think the, the resurrection, like I said earlier, I, I look at it the, the way Paul said it. And he said, I come to you as a first importance. And it is of first importance. And because of Christ and die, then our faith is, is worthless. Because if he didn't rise from the dead, not that he just died, but if he didn't rise from the dead, our faith is worthless. It doesn't mean anything. And what what I like about Christianity and the God I serve, Jesus Christ, is the fact that the faith that I have is not a blind faith. It's, it's based on facts. It's based on the evidence for the resurrection of Christ. And, that, and, it's, and it's such a powerful thing. And uh, you look at the Bible, you look at uh, a lot of the things that, t- that took place. You look at, um, again, all the, the documentation. Uh, you look at, again, the, the archae- uh, archaeological evidence. It's just, you know, when, 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 you know, someone says, you know, Brian, he says, you really believe in that Christian stuff? You believe in that resurrection? And my comment is, is like, wait a minute, you don't? You know, wow. It's kind of like, wait a minute, with, I'm going to be, I'm going to say something stupid to you. Do you believe in George Washington? Well, yeah. Were you there? No. Did you see him? No. Do you believe, why do you believe in him? Well, because of the evidence. Well, did you know? more evidence on the life of Christ and the things he did, so on and so forth. And so my point is, is that, dude, you just got to do a little, do a little research. It's there. The evidence is there. I like, um, uh, let's see, the, the attorney, um, testimony that demands, I mean, um, testimony of an evangelist, I think the name of the, the book is. And, um, he was the uh, what was his name, Craig? The professor Simon, Simon, Simon Greenleaf. Simon Greenleaf. Simon Greenleaf. You know, basic, legal mind. Legal mind. The, you know, basically the way evidence is used in a court of law today is based on you know what he he brought to the table, mm. and he was challenged. What what was his conclusion that Jesus Christ was a real person and he did what he said he did? He resurrected, and it's not just him. It's just a plethora. Of, of of facts and and again, my faith is 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 not a blind faith. Right. It's not just oh, I just believe because I want to believe. You know, you kind of like here, Daryl. Our well, why are you why are you a Democrat? Well, because my parents were Democrat and their parents were there, <laughs> and that's what some people you know they don't believe because they just they were told. It's not true. <laughs> or they, or they believe they believe because they were told. Or they believe, yeah. Only, yeah. yeah they so, think they're believers because they they were raised up in a Christian household. But the resurrection is a slam dunk. Yeah. You know, you you can't you can't have the eyewitnesses. You can't have men. You won't die for something that you know isn't true. Okay, and uh, they they got some they got some uh, great books out. I know um, that I, I use in some of my Bible studies. Uh, I, I really like the one, the battle for the resurrection. And folks, write these down, please. Yeah, please write you, these down. You have the historical Jesus. You have, uh, in defense of miracles, we were talking about miracles earlier. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and there's other books as well. We, we talked earlier about Soma, okay? Uh, and and so, there's just so much information out there. And, and you don't have to do a boatload of research, but you got you, know, you got to do your homework. But it's out there, and you can't refute it. You can't refute it. 
So you, you know, PCH, you gave the gospel a second ago, and I'm gonna, you'll be able to talk on what you want to talk on freely as far as open mic is concerned tonight uh, in regards to the resurrection until someone calls in or send us a question by way of Facebook, email, tweet, or messenger. Now, now I wonder if the phones are working correctly. Well, yeah. no, they're working. I think, I think Eric is uh, – Gonna get these phones revived, or not resurrected, but revived. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Craig, you gave a gospel message. You didn't give a gospel message for believers, those that are already born again and saved. You gave it to people who are not believers, right? And I would like people to understand this one thing. PCH and Brian, you could talk on this. The resurrection is not just the pinnacle of the Christian and cornerstone of the Christian faith and our blessed hope, but it is also very serious subject matter for the unbeliever. Right. So the unbeliever not uh, get this confused. You will also be resurrected, PCH. Well, sure. Let's look at this systematically in the time that we have. So faith, as Brian's rightly pointed out, in Hebrew and Greek is not blind belief or credulity. That's frankly mm-hmm. stupidity. Uh, stupidity is not a virtue. In fact, Calvin, John Calvin said it was a height of, of ignorance to call humility tempered by uh, uh, faith tempered by humility a virtue it's not it's it is it is a confidence conviction or commitment the three c's there to what one knows to be true it is the appropriation that's the operative word of something one believes to be true so there's been a number of arguments against the resurrection i think of david hume classically in a treatise of on 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 human nature. Anyways, and he also wrote a book, A Treatise of Knowledge. And at any rate, chapter 10, the infamous section by David Hume, and basically said miracle, nothing would ever count as a miracle because I'd always ask, what's more likely the person's deceived or being deceived? And it's more, always more likely that they're being deceived. Therefore, uh, the evidence is basically foolproof. You can't prove a miracle. But I would argue that's kind of messed up. That's what we call a viciously circular argument. Mm. So let's deal with this. By the way, if someone says, I don't trust the Bible, well, I would argue the evidence is overwhelming that it is an incredibly reliable historical document. And you could look at a book like Reinventing Jesus uh, by Daniel Wallace and Ed Komaszewski and Thomas Sawyer. Uh, But I would just remember Daniel Wallace's name. It's a little easier. And you look at the evidence for the reliability of the Bible, but but we're dealing with the resurrection. Uh, there, even if one didn't believe in the reliability of the Bible, there's at least 16 sources outside of the Bible that refer to the major the person of, person of Christ and the major events of his life. So even if we had no Bible, we would still have a pretty complete record of of the the claims of Christ and his historicity and, and what was. Uh, what was attributed to him. So that's why I try to chuckle when people say, well, I don't believe the Bible. Well, first of all, they've never really studied it. They just, somebody told them this, and it's just kind of a pool, pooling our ignorance passed along. But, but again, even if we didn't trust the Bible, even if the Bible wasn't reliable, I'm arguing that it is using forensic arguments and what are called higher critical arguments. We see the life and the major issues of, of Christ, his crucifixion, his alleged resurrection, mentioned by many, again, many of them were hostile to Christianity. They were arguing against it, but they acknowledged at least his historicity and the, the claims that were attributed to Christ. So when we deal with Christ, and as Brian said earlier, I would argue the most well-documented person of antiquity, 
you, something happened to him. You've got to account for a couple of things. You've got to explain a, f- a few things. Gary Habermas in his phenomenal book, The Historical Jesus, Ancient Evidence for the Life of Christ, and we want to give away a copy of that tonight, and another book called Shattering the Christ Myth. Those who say that Christ is just a Gnostic Redeemer type myth on the order of Isis or Cyrus and Horus or whatever, uh, th- that's just been roundly refuted and pounded in the ground, and so we're going to uh, give away a book about that as well. But look, there's really only five basic parties who have any interest. And you've got to explain, though, some core facts, some core issues, and that is the birth of the church. How do you account for the birth of the church? I mean, if it was five years later, 100 miles away, 500 miles away, 1,000, 10 years later, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. A cruel of, of myth and legend, another term they use, Daryl. Yeah in addition to demythologizing the Bible, mm-hmm. so-called. Uh, so you have to account for, for the birth of the church, but you also have to account for the transformation of the apostles. As I mentioned earlier, they, they <laughs> were cowards. Guys. They, yeah. they were hiding out, and I would have been doing the same thing. The, the little lion. And they are transformed to people saying, basically, here we are, mm-hmm. looking at Acts 2, 3, and 4, and they're, they're told not to preach in the name of Jesus, and they say, you tell us whether we should obey God or you, and they get beaten for it, and they're glad that they were counted worthy to suffer for the kingdoms. We have the transformation of, of the apostles as well. We have, and, and we need to be careful. The empty tomb doesn't really prove anything except the tomb was empty. Okay. Uh, I, a lot of people think, well, the empty tomb, that's, that's heavy. No, it's not, because John Dominic Crossan said, well, the body never got there. So, of course, it's empty. Or or the Romans or the family or the, and or disciples moved, or the Pharisees, the religious leaders, sto- stole it or moved it. Mm-hmm. So... What's significant is accounting for, number three, in any order, but number three, is the empty tomb and the sightings, and the sightings. And here's the other thing. People will say, well, they're obviously stressed out, and they were hallucinating. Okay, but there's no record, period, silence, nothing of, of, of mass hallucinations. So you can say, well, no, no, at various places, people claim to have seen things, especially if they're snorting certain things or using mescaline, peyote, hashish, or whatever. But they're having hallucinations, but they're not having the same hallucinations. Somebody smelling purple or seeing uh, 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 tartness or whatever. I mean, their perceptions are all messed up and they can see all kinds of things, but they're not going, Jesus appeared and he stood here and he said this, he talked for five minutes and he did this. It's the exact same message. (laughs) There's no record of that. It's the two, and this is called the cumulative case. The two together, that is the empty tomb and the sightings, and the the fact now, going back to our earlier point, that these guys are willing to die for this. Look, there's all kinds of people who are willing to die for what they think to be true, but it's not. But these guys were in the know, as we talk about in law. We look at for somebody not being hearsay, but actually having the information, the access to the event or events or persons being described mm-hmm. under under question. And we see that they had all that. And the tomb is empty. Where's the body? We'll come back to that in a moment. And as well, the sighting. So we have to account for the transformation of the disciples, the birth of the church, we have to account for the empty tomb and the sightings. And in particular, we need to account for the transformation. Really, mm-hmm. all the apostles were actually skeptical. They're all, yeah. they all. F- doubting Thomas. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Thomas clearly was doubting. Mm-hmm. P- Apostle Paul is killing Christians. He's persecuting them. 
Why right? And James, a half-brother of our Lord, was mocking him earlier. And John, he goes, oh, if you're all that, basically go up to Jerusalem. Nobody wants to be a celebrity, stays back in, you know, <laughs> Galilee. Go and show yourself. And it says because he did not believe yet. So you have those three in particular, James, the half-brother of our Lord, Thomas, and and Paul. And, and, and of course, Paul, just this radical conversion. He goes from one extreme to the other. You have to explain these things. Now, those are just four key facts, four key facts. There's many others. And Habermas and his, I think, uh, one of, if not the best book in English, William Lane Craig wrote a book on the resurrection. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal, but I think it's probably too heavy for a lot of folks. I mean, the title's like three or four lines long, <laughs> but it's a great book by William Lane Craig on the resurrection. But for readability and accessibility and, and yet still accurate, like Craig's book, The Historical Jesus by Habermas, H-A-B-E-R-M-A-S, pronounced though, not mass, but Habermas. Mas. Yes. So he does a wonderful job of pointing this out. But look, you, so, so what happened? You've got to, there's only, if, you're, if we're detectives and we're trying to figure out what happened, we're missing this body, uh, could it be anybody in Jerusalem? Could be, but odds are we look for people of interest. We have, you know, suspects or a person of interest is, and who would those be? That would be grave robbers would be one, yep. that, right? But you would have family members, that's an that's an issue, and some of them, of course, are disciples, so they're both in. Mm-hmm. But the second category is disciples, in any order. Third are the Jewish religious leaders. Four is the Romans, and fifth are grave robbers. Look, if somebody messed with the body because the body was put one place and now it's missing, <laughs> one of these parties has to know what happened. One of these parties has got to be in on it. But think about it this way. Grave robbers, there's a guard on it. Whether it's a Roman guard or a Jewish guard, it's being guarded. So they would have had to overpower these guards, uh, roll away this megos in Greek, this massive stone. Craig, right? the, the, people are confused because they watch these movies, and when they say Roman guard, they, they only see one guard in front of the tube in the movie. Joe the guard. And a Roman <laughs> guard could have, could have been anywhere from 4, 8 to 16 people. So when right. you, when you when you're reading or you hear Roman guard or you watch it on TV, it's not just one person. Right. And if they lose a body, if they lose a prisoner, then that that guard, that detail gets the punishment of that person. So if they lost his body, he got death. They would get death. So 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 grave robbers would have to beat these guys up and get take the body and get away. And and for what? There's no there's no valuables. This is not King Tut's tomb. Right. This is no, there's not packed with gold and jewels. <laughs> and be, you know, bedazzled or otherwise. It's it's what what are you stealing? A body? A corpse? So that's not really likely at all. And it could have easily been found out and and they would have been busted and they would have died themselves for this. And and the Roman seal proves that the body was in there. Right, they put a seal on it. In other words, it's marked with this this wax and they put the seal on it and the basically this this is Rome's property. Mess with this and you're messing with Rome and you get the in this case death. Is that death. a stand, wait, wait, is that something that's standardly done with the Romans when they're guarding a body and why would they have to guard a body anyway? Well they're person? not normally guarding a body, Thank but they're you. doing that's, it because they're told, Rumors, Hey, yeah. this guy said he's gonna rise from the dead. We make sure that doesn't this happen. This deceiver, <laughs> we, it's already bad enough. They'll probably come and take the body. Now we've really got a mess. Yeah, exactly. now, now Craig, you're the Greek expert and this is what was interesting wait, 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 when, when I, 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 the, you're Greek Ebonics. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. No, I knew I was an expert in something. 
And, you know, you're looking at this, this stone in front of the tomb, which is one, two, three tons, okay? But in the Greek, from what my study's saying, that stone wasn't just rolled down. It was like up and away, like someone just exactly. tossed it out of the way, mm-hmm. yes. which not you can get, you know, a hundred men to just pick it up and then toss it away. Well, it would, it would take quite a few. So it's megas, yeah, and then it's removed uh, out of the way. It's kind of like Jesus going to the temple and he ekbalo, cast out. Ek, you know, we get a word ballistics from <laughs> ballo, right? Ek, to cast out. So, yes, so there, that's going on. So, okay, who else? The, the religious leaders. Okay, they, they would be interested in the body. They're yeah. the ones apparently that asked for the guard, whether theirs or Romans, to seal it. But here's the thing: after Acts, Acts, you know, two, three, and four, the, all they had to do was if they took the body, is just produce it, and that's the end of Christianity. This body, it's like here's his body. Now shut up, you know, no, no more of this nonsense. Same thing with the Romans. We know from history that Pilate was already in a lot of trouble with Rome. There had been several uprisings and um, radical encounters, people getting killed. On a mass level, and Pilate was already on a short leash, if you will. Talking about recall. You know, talking yeah. about recall. Yeah, talking, yeah exactly. <laughs> recall in a whole new sense. And and so, if if the body had been stolen, again, the Romans had it. They would have just produced it and said, "Shut up." Yeah. So so the Jews have every incentive if it's the religious leaders that is because the apostles are Jewish uh, to to sh- produce a body. If they have it, they know where it is. Same with the Romans. You can say, okay, but you still got two left, the family and or disciples. But the same thing. But think of that. They all, these people died for what they knew to be a lie. I mean, talk about heights of, new heights of stupidity or depths, I should say. Talk about getting punked is, uh, you know, or candid camera. We're going to die. We're going to be, many of them tortured. We're going to lose our entire social economic status, all of our wealth, our property, real and personal. And for what we know to be a lie, because we took the body. And not one of them says, okay, okay, uncle, uncle, mm. uh, you're going to kill me, crucify me. Uh, uh, we, we took it. Okay, okay. Joke's up. No, it makes no sense for people, and by the way, who champion truth-telling, at even the pain of death, that one ought to tell the truth, and that they were sacrificing. So the idea that the family and or disciples took it is preposterous as well. And that really only really leaves, what is the other option? It's got to be something else, given the empty tomb and the sightings. And so I'm going to argue, and again, you can't just argue miracles are different, therefore that proves they exist. But if you were God, you wanted to get people's attention. If I, if I, if I saw some ants and saw they're going to get uh, uh, poisoned to death or uh, flooded by water or whatever, I have to find a way to communicate with them yes. that they could understand that I'm actually trying to help them. And, hey, listen up. You need to move. And so it is we would argue miracles, specifically the miracle of the resurrection, John 2, 19-21, for example, again, is the definitive seal. It's the proof of who Christ was, that, that God accepts us now in him. Look at Romans chapter 4. Uh, it's the evidence that, that he, Jesus Christ, was the Son of God, God the Son. Because they said, look, you're making some pretty wild claims here, buddy, to paraphrase. And Jesus says, they said, look, what's your evidence? What's your proof? And Jesus says, uh, I'll let you destroy this body. Mm-hmm. In three days, I'll rise it from, from the dead. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm, I can hear people going, look, I'm still cynical, skeptical. Well, I don't – that's fine. But don't be closed-minded. Be willing to look at the evidence. 
Look at a book like The Historical Jesus. Look at a book like, the, there's other ones here, History, Law, and Christianity by John Warwick Montgomery, or Is Jesus History, another phenomenal book by John Dixon. Uh, there's many good sources. Some of them are fairly small. But the reason, let me just say it this way. Now, personal testimony time. By the way, most Christians kind of confuse testimony. They think it's your <laughs> personal experience. But the word martyreo, martyria, martus, the various nouns, verbs, and all that stuff, or te- witness, testimony, to testify, it, this is not your personal experience, but it is the evidence for Christ. I would argue I was skeptical and reluctant, indeed, t- for a time walked away from the Lord as a young person, mm-hmm. as a philosophy major at a top, almost top 10 school in the nation. Uh, uh, but it was really more moral issues. It was, that's what I was, going to it was ask cramping you. my style, yeah, so therefore I was go. looking for yeah, intellectual arguments to get out. Appreciate the honesty. Yeah. But the reason I'm a Christian today is because I'd have to commit, I believe, intellectual suicide. Uh, and I say that as someone who's gone to top tier, a number of top tier schools and graduated summa three times, and without even trying. In fact, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And and you say, well, you're just bragging. No, I'm like, don't give me the credential stuff. I've got their credentials. Went to top tier schools. Uh, did very well, summa again, three times of my five degrees. Um, so, and, uh, but I'd have to renounce my education to the third grade or less. I'd have to commit intellectual suicide. I'm a Christian because the evidence is overwhelming. It, it compels me. So faith, again, is not credulity. It's not stupidity. It's not blind belief. It's confidence, conviction, commitment to what one believes to be true based upon the evidence, and now one acts or lives in light of it, one appropriates it. So what if, look, I could be, the, I'm not, I could be the world's best cardiologist or, or, or a respiratory therapist. I could have more evidence about the adverse effects of smoking and how it's probably going to give you lung, lymph, lymph cancer, emphysema, whatever, but smoke like a chimney because knowledge, mere knowledge, does not entail belief. And please don't give me the heart versus head stuff. That's all messed up. That's wrong in Greek and Hebrew. Uh, people go, oh, it's, you got to point your head. The, the, the biggest distance is from here to your head to your heart. No, that's wrong, but we'll come back to that. But it is appropriating the truth, living in light of it. It's not just knowing something. It is now to act that way. I could know that somebody put $100,000 in my bank, and it's not a mistake account and not a mistake but until I draw upon those funds through electronic transfer, uh, debit card, check, whatever, it doesn't avail me anything until I appropriate it. So it is to appropriate the knowledge of Jesus Christ as one's Lord and Savior. You know, Craig, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, you mentioned the point about it cramped your, you know, it would cramp your lifestyle. And I think that's the majority of a lot of people. And I go back to my little smart aleck remark about, well, do you believe in George Washington? Do you believe in uh, Alexander the Great? Do you believe? And uh, without hesitation, they'll say yes. Why? Well, and again, I say, did you ever see him? Did you ever talk to him? Did you ever meet him? No, no, no. But based on the evidence of their existence and documentation, eyewitnesses, writings, everything else, then why should that be any different than the life of Christ, his birth, his death, his resurrection, because there is more evidence on that. And because of that, I believe people don't want to follow Christ. They don't want to follow Christianity because it'll cramp their lifestyle. Because, you know, 
I'll, I'll say this, Brian. As Craig was talking, as you're talking, as I'm listening and trying to listen to the mind of the people out there, you know, just sort of by <laughs> put myself in their spot. I, it, what comes to my mind when Craig was talking about the education he has, the degrees and things like that, and people out there, like Craig Riley probably said, people, oh, what are we bragging about? You know, all that. and then you say something about it as a logical fallacy just because you have that education to mean that you're going to be right. Well, he already clarified that he doesn't know everything. But here's what I'm thinking of. We, we have to determine as individual believers, what is our woe? Paul said, woe to me for me not to preach the gospel. Craig, I'm going to give you your woe right here. And I'm going to change the word in here to take this out of context, but yet stay on context. And tell me if 1 John 3.17 is not what you just described for yourself, Craig. But whosoever has this world's good, and I'm going to say not this world's good, but I'm going to say both world's good. Heavenly world and earthly world. If you have those goods and seeth his brother have need and shut up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in you, Craig? And all I'm saying that to say is this. This man has all this education. And, of course, I got the Ebonic Greek thing going down. But with all the education that Craig has, can you imagine him being saved by grace, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and then never read verse 10 to see that what he has been given, what he has worked for and all this stuff. If he's just doing it just to get paid, he ain't a very smart dude on that. Number one, I'm going to tell you that right straight to his face. But woe to him if he doesn't do what he's doing. Well, Daryl, that's what I, in part why I do what I do. And, and th- in fact, let me just say this. I thank God there were people who had studied who could answer my questions. I was a precocious individual. I had a number of questions and doubts. And I thank God for people like Walter Martin and others who were alive and were available, making them available, to give me the answers that I really desperately needed. And speaking of that, there's a number of ways to do this. I want to try something a little different if you guys are okay with this. What is it? (laughs) No, just I I, I want the no. I want the commitment first, and then (laughs) sign on the dotted line, and then I'll I'll tell you. No, go right here, brother. If they're non Christians listening right now, the first one that calls in, if all I'm asking is that you're willing to read the book, and I don't want to send you a book and you're just going to, you know, use it for a doorstop or something. If you're really willing to read the book, The Historical Jesus, I want to send you this copy. So if you're a non Christian or, or you're, you're a Christian, you're confused and really yes. doubting the resurrection, yes. the first one to call in right now. Uh, at the number, Daryl's going to give that in just a moment. And we need to let Eric know too, because yeah. he got caught off guard last time. Right, right. We, he, we you don't promise you did. The, you both, you the both the promised me you told him. The historical Jesus. No, I haven't. Like Gary <laughs> right. Habermas. Yes. Uh, the, the first offer is to a non-Christian or a Christian really doubting okay. their faith and struggling with the resurrection. Christ is a faith. All I'm asking is that you're either not a Christian, but you're willing to look into it. Or you are, you think you are, but you're confused and not sure, and you're willing to read the book. I mean, I don't want to just send you a book to sit on yourself. Don't call if you're not confused. No, really, don't do that. What, what's the, the number, Daryl? What number what the should number they call? The number that you're calling to get that book? Please. Yeah. I know it. Oh. And here it is, ebonically speaking. Would you Triple share eight. that with us? Yes, I yes, shall. Yes, I will. One triple eight, right? Nine nine five. Nine nine five. Oh, in tandem. Fifty five fifty two. Fifty five. Fifty five fifty two. Sounds like a fundraising. Once fest. again, triple eight. Brian? 995-5552. Thank you very much. You can call that right now. Unbeliever or believer that's having a crisis of faith. Yeah. and and, For the book, The Historical Jesus by Habermas. And I also want to give away another book tonight called The Shattering the Christ Myth, Did Jesus Not Exist? Uh, This is dealing with arguments like, well, Christianity is a knockoff of Mithraism or Mm. Isis or Osiris, Horus of 
Egyptian fame or infamy or any other one, if you will, if you're struggling with that issue, you know, believer or not, I want to make this book available to you. I guess I should ask you, maybe we'll do a trivia question on this one. Can I, Craig, on that particular oh, book? Okay. Something came to me. You guys Go tell ahead. me if you agree with it. Okay. The well, person that should get that book is the person who actually have believed in some of the things you just said, like Horus, and that's why they denounced Christianity. They were a Christian before. They either denounced it or they're leaning heavily towards understanding why they don't believe in the in the, Bible, the Jesus of the Bible. Well, what I should say is you're a freshman at some college. <laughs> in essence, I was, man, I was thinking of Cal State Northridge. But anyway, in but, but whatever, we want to make this book available. Yes. And all we're asking is that you're willing to read it. This is, That's uh, you, know, you know, a bigger book, but it's real readable, J.P. Mm-hmm. Holding. And it's, I mean, let me just quickly, uh, some of the, this is a phenomenal book. It, it works on off other works. For example, I love things like this. Uh, for instance, the copycat mystics or the pagan Christ, the minor leagues, pagan Christ, Western Front, uh, and, and Dionysius, and anyways, so on and so forth. So this is just a phenomenal book dealing with various uh, ideas that, that the Bible is a copycat. It copied off other yeah. so-called ancient saviors or right. Gnostic redeemers. We want to make the book Shattering the Christ Myth available to you. And again, if you're a non-Christian in particular yes. or a struggling Christian, yes. and again, all we ask is that, and you're willing to read the book. And, the, and then report back when you finish it. The historical Jesus. Yeah, if you think it's all wet, then call us in and go, this book is stupid, and here's why. Good. I want to hear your arguments. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. That's definitely important. In particular. Only the two books, the VCH? Uh, yeah, I think that'll do for yeah. tonight. Okay, very good. So you have that, ladies and gentlemen. Repeat the books, please, VCH. The Historical Jesus, Ancient Evidence for the Life of Christ. I would argue uh, the most readable and academic after William Lane Craig's book on the resurrection of Jesus. Not only the biblical evidence, but over 16 authors outside of the Bible reconstructing the life of Christ, mm-hmm. people who didn't even believe in Christianity, mm-hmm. but affirm the, the historicity of Christ and the things that are attributed to him. And then the book Shattering the Christ Myth, Did Jesus Not Exist? The Evidence for Christ Historicity, but also is Christianity just stealing as Bill Maher and others have contended in religiousness or whatever and other goofy books like that or uh, TV series, movies, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, that it just they stole from other religions and holding just beats that stuff up. So, Mar, if you're listening out there and you've been listening for some time, you know, if you're listening for the first time, we would love to put that book in your hands as it were, and then you can share it on your broadcast after you read it. But you have to promise to read the book, guys, on seriousness. It's the honor system on that as human yeah. being to human being. Read the book, and then especially if you have arguments and this is not convincing to you, we want to hear what your arguments still are. We really do. Now, do we want to pull up maybe one of the winners or? Well, whenever, uh, whenever Eric let us know that we have a, uh, what I call, not rightly so, like you said, a winner of this, uh, these great books to be able to read, because the knowledge that they're going to gain from it, if they read it with, when I say open mind, but read it in the context of which it was written, then we let the Holy Spirit do everything he's going to do in regards to that. Yeah, and, and again, Habermas's book and others would deal with things like, I think I, I, I conflated the titles, but um, Inquiring Concerning Human Understanding, the infamous chapter 10, David Hume's work is arguments against miracles. But I would argue that argument belongs not in metaphysics, but it belongs in logic and logical fallacies of pretitio principi, the Latin for begging the question. 
Well, I haven't gotten my Latin stuff yet, so uh, work with me on that. Okay. Again, I've got to use it. Paid a lot of money for it. Yeah. Well, you said your wife is a wise woman, God darn it. She want to get some ROI, <laughs> get, some, get some return on her investment, get some return on her investment. But, guys, we have a caller. Um, and, and uh, again, Eric, remember, the people may call in about the book if they're willing to read it, and we want to make sure we get that. But I think this particular caller is coming in to us anonymously, which is very seldom, seldom, I should say, uh, but he's calling from Long Beach. Anonymous, uh, he or she, welcome to the broadcast. Hello? I cannot hear anybody. Can you guys hear? Anonymous? Okay, let me do that. Let me put them on They're hold. so anonymous, we can't <laughs> even hear them. That's a good one, Craig. <laughs> Brian, give him a little courtesy laugh. Give him something. No, thank you. <laughs> That's Craig applauding to himself, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, so come on, man, someone's got to <laughs> You did a good job. So anyway, the number is 888-995-5552. 888 995-5552 is a number. What I'm going to do is uh, someone here from Whittier, George, wants the book. We're going to bring him up and kind of, uh, okay, we're going to give him a second to get that together. Is Anonymous ready or is George ready? Okay, good enough. George, we're going to bring you on, even though we wouldn't think about this at first, but we want to hear a little bit about the idea of why you want the book, and then we're going to get it to you, and then we'll go from there. George, welcome to the broadcast from Whittier. Oh, good. Hi. I know you didn't thank expect you. this, and I, thank you for being no, impromptu. No, thank you for being impromptu with us. Yeah. So uh, if I could ask you, George, a uh, professor offered um, the, the two books, which one in particular do you would you want and why, and how do you qualify for it? No, it was the historical Jesus, and what was the other one? Correct. The historical Jesus, and the other one, PCH? Shattering the Christ myth. Shattering the Christ myth. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself and why, and based upon our qualification to get the book, do you qualify? It's like Twitter doing a, a pre-credit check. It just came to mind, guys. It just came to my mind. Well, yeah, this, uh, the, well, the historical Jesus is one I prefer, probably. Because? And What's going on? Just to uh, what to read it, and just to get more perspective on it and more information. Yeah. No, I, 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 I mean I already believe I believe it's true, but I don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how to qualify to read a book. I've never. Yeah. PCH, any th- any any questions? Anything? No, I'd be glad. I will, I'd glad to have George have it. I just. Do you think it'll be helpful to you, George? I just want to make sure. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Well, good. Then I want to put it in your hands. Good. Okay. So, so what we just need you to do, George, is stay on the line. Eric will get your address, and we will get that to you. Okay? And George, we really appreciate your phone call and uh, coming on the air with us on the impromptu. Okay, Eric, I put George on hold to uh, receive that, and uh, I understand if uh, Jared is anonymous, ready for us. Okay, let's bring anonymous on the phone um, and talk with anonymous. Uh, from Anonymous, Anonymous from Anonymous. Welcome to the broadcast. Hello, Anonymous. No, I got you. So why don't we well, do this? That is really yeah. a secret call. Yeah, very much so. So what I'm going to do uh, for Anonymous, and uh, we appreciate you calling in. We'll have you talk to Eric, and Eric will then um, make sure we get the information from you to be able to send the book to you as well. And thank you for calling in. I mean, look, trust me, folks. Listening to these voices that's on the air, Brian, I, I would almost be intimidated to call a little bit myself based upon your personality and Craig's. Mine is more friendly-like, and I try but, to invite people to be inviting to come on the air. You guys are making it tough for people. But, but, here, but here's the thing, Daryl. If, if you really want to 
find something out, it wouldn't. It shouldn't matter. Well, you know, I it mean, does. it does. Well, it, no, I, I, I disagree. I, I no, think, it shouldn't matter, but it does matter. Right. Yeah. Because of the fact, you know, we're, we're looking at. I'm sorry that we have technical difficulties again. I, oh, no, that's one of us. Oh. Go right here, Brian. <laughs> I want to. I want to play. I want to get a bus out. I know how he is. I, I know want, how he thinks. I, I want to play that game. <laughs> no, no, you, no, you don't. No, you are the reason for the game. But go ahead. I'm sure that's what Craig's trying uh, to do. God, lost my train of thought. No, I'll help you with no, that. No, the the bottom line is they shouldn't be afraid to call him. Well, because you know, I I think the perspective is you're dealing with your eternity. That's. That's what that's what we're looking at. But you guys just talked about a, a, a spiritual conundrum with Craig's situation and those that you you even verified it yourself by saying yes. The issue is with morality of people. The moral they don't want to give up the way they live in their life and things like that. So wouldn't that make people kind of hesitant in calling in? Is my argument? Yeah, the, from the, a human perspective, not that oh we can just call those guys. They're going to be very gentle to us. I, I, I agree, but what happens is uh, they get a perspective when they're lying on their deathbed. Oh no! Well, so you know what? And I'm glad you said that, Brian. Because the reality of the matter is, yes, eternity is too long to be wrong. And the, the, the reality of the matter is, I asked myself the same question, put myself in their spot. How long did I wait in life before I became a Christian? You know, you, you know that thief on the cross was just. So, yeah, but he was on the cross, bro. I know. But, yeah. but he was, I mean, he was like, he knew he was dying. But we're living our best life. And as Craig was alluding to about his, when we live in our best life and we basically running through this life of what, sex, drug, and rock and roll, women, wine, women, and song, uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life, it would hamper us from doing calling radio shows like this. But like Craig said, and you said before, and I also agree, that is by divine intervention that this Holy oh, Spirit has to move upon and, people. And you know, you hear about... You hear about the wealthy, they can't find happiness. You look at the the suicide rate now. I mean, people are just giving up on life. Oh, it's they're they're just giving up on. There's just no hope. Homeless giving up, Uh, drugs. uh, They're looking for a solution, and the solution is with Jesus Christ. And that's why all of us as Christians need to reach out to everyone: the rich, the poor, the homeless, the wealthy. Everybody. Woe to you if you wouldn't do this, Brian, or something like this. Woe to you, Greg. Certainly oh, woe yeah. to myself. Mm-hmm. And it should. And what is your woe? I'd be very curious to know. Not that I have to know from you particularly, but consider, examine yourself. Make sure you're in the faith. And then ask yourself the question, how are you living for God? In which way are you utilizing your time, I, talent, and treasure? And I do want to say something. I, I really like um, what Craig brought up months ago. And it's really stuck with me, and, and I share this with people, and that is, as a Christian, prayer, reading your Bible, and fellowshipping with other with other believers, and you find that when you get away from that, you know, when you get away from doing those things, all the garbage starts coming in. <laughs> you're, you're you're opening the floodgates for just crap and garbage to come into your life, and. It's just so healthy to me. It's so healthy that as a believer, one should always pray. They should always read their Bible and they should always fellowship with other believers. And if I can add a caveat to that, uh, PCH, before you make a comment. And if you do that, Brian, you're coming closer to the son, the S-O-N, 
And as you would come closer to the sun, S-U-N, you would see your more of your imperfections. And so to the degree that you do what you just said, it's not like a Hulk Hogan thing, you know, your vitamin, your prayers, and all that. That's a great thing. But to the degree that you do that, then you will understand the, the personalness of the relationship that you have with Christ on how he saved your raggedy, wretched, no good for nothing soul yeah. until such time he saved it. And we don't hear that enough. We don't hear that enough, PCH. And a couple of sermons ago at church, uh, Cooper was talking about being saved from the wrath of God. Because that's whom we're going to have to deal. That's whom we're going to have to deal. That's the reality of the matter. So God is, I mean, you can deal with the miracle uh, and uh, trying to understand the cross and everything like that. Just understand that you are somebody who's going to pay for your sinfulness. And who is it going to be, folks? I thank God. I have an imputed righteousness by someone taking my sins by imputation and giving me their righteousness by that double imputation. That's all I got to say. Can I go now? Take my break. We got, we got, I think we got. Oh, we have more time? No. No, the anonymous is on the phone. He's going to receive the book. Um, I don't think we're going to bring anonymous on the line. So, Eric, if you'd be so kind as to. Um, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll bring anonymous up. Let's see what's going on in regards to that. I think that's what my instructions are from Eric. So, Eric, I will follow your instructions and bring anonymous on as soon as I can get this technology right. Boy, here we go. Anonymous, uh, we welcome you to the broadcast. Hello, anonymous. Dealing with the book. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna continue on with the broadcast. Yeah, Greg, you were working your um, magic over there. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's not happening. You still don't have it. There you go. I knew he was trying to get that bus sound. Craig, we have to get our timing together on our communicable ways. I'm glad that you uh, got you didn't get your degree in that because it's obvious you didn't. Seriously, uh, you know, you know, you know, Daryl, you know, I was looking at Craig's book in defense of miracles. When, when, when you when you hit when you hit a when you finally get your hole in one, would that be a miracle? You know what? It'd be just as a miracle as I thought that Craig had brought a new Bible. But I see that the pages doesn't look like a regular Bible where they're together. So if you can, Craig, if you do me a favor, we have only five minutes. What are you talking about, Jerry? Don't we get extra time for earlier? We're going to talk about that. Craig, if you can hold your Bible up so that people who have been asking thousands of questions in their minds, I, so I'm speculating, want to see what your Bible looks like. Can you hold that up, please? There's a camera right there, Craig. This is on those that's on Facebook. And if you're not on Facebook and you have Facebook later on, see the archive show, what Professor deals with. So ain't that worth a couple of donations that we have not asked people to participate, Brian? Today, we only have five minutes left, Brian. So you do your final saying by asking the people to participate in this broadcast. And what do I mean by participate? Thank you, Craig. You're a good prop. What do I mean by participate, BC, uh, Brian? Uh, participate, basically ask the listening or listeners uh-huh. to donate uh, to this radio ministry donate what donate their funds okay because we, we, we don't need a new bible for credit or do well, we we take we covet their prayers as yeah, well I, most definitely that was going to i every every week i thank folks for their prayers i thank the folks for their donations yeah, serious and i thank those that will continue to pray for us and i thank those that were going to continue to support us financially they can just uh, go to the website, BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com, click on the link, support this ministry, or if they want to mail in their donations, go to Living by the, make their check out to Living by the Word, 
Mail it to P.O. Box 90477, 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. And again, we thank you for those that give and pray for us, and we thank those, and we ask those to continue to pray and give to us. Indeed, we really appreciate that. And uh, Brian, as you prepare your closing thoughts, I'll pass the, uh, the mic over to, well, not literally pass the mic, but give the floor to Craig. Craig, some closing thoughts. Well, quickly, I have a niece who's dating a guy, 32 years old, died. Uh, unexpected, nobody saw that coming. He got one disease and then he got COVID, got pneumonia, and he mm. passed away. I have a brother-in-law, flatlined four times in two days, and they said one more time because he had a, do not resuscitate order, but right. they totally I mean, misunderstood that, misapplied that. And you need to make sure that's done properly. Yes. And if he had flat one lined one more time, they would have pulled the plug. Yeah, exactly. Now he's doing well. He's in rehab and mm. recovering. But my point is we don't know how long we have. Right. We assume we have tomorrow. We assume we have another year, 5, 10, 20. We assume we're going to live to be 70, 80, 90. Who told you that? Mm. One needs to be ready right with God because today could be your last. That's not hype. That's not fear. That's reality check. It's the numbers. I would argue people need to be right with God through the Lord Jesus Christ and ready to go. And hopefully you'll live another 10, 20, 30, whatever years. But don't assume. Do not presume upon the grace of God. Time to get right with the Lord right now. Indeed. You mentioned age. I'll just simply say this on behalf of uh, myself to the Ziegler family who lost their uh, their patriarch, Mr. Mr. Harvey Ziegler, 102 years old. And the man looked like he was no older than 40 years old. He was, he was an anomaly back east. And to my, uh, to my kids, about their grandfather, our uh, condolences to you. Brian. Well, I, I do want to say again, uh, we talked about it. Eternity is too long to be wrong. Uh, I posted something in uh, in on my Facebook page and made me think of Craig and you were talking about his Bible. It's from Charles Spurgeon. It says, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. I thought that was pretty cool. That's great. Now, that's no bus to be ran over on you on that one, Craig. So congratulations for a guy that got a messed up Bible over there all over the place, but yet the words can still be read. You just got to find out what you're reading. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Broker with the whole team in studio. And it's always a pleasure to be able to see each other like this <clears throat> because when we, as time goes by, we are getting older. We're all in our 60s. Let me put it that way. We're all in our 60s. And some of us are older 60s than the other ones, and some of us have more grandkids than the other ones. <laughs> so all I'm going to say is this, that I love these brothers. I love the team. I love the opportunity and privilege to be able to work in the kingdom of God in this format. And, guys, if anything you want to say before I really close this out, take an opportunity to uh, shoot your last shot about anything real quick. He has risen. He is risen indeed. Boy, you guys are good. You know what? I might pay you for that. Uh, how about a sandwich? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Again, eating without eating is cheating. And that's why Craig comes down, y'all. He's just trying to get something to eat. Anyway, we are going to go eat, but we're not going to tell we you that. We can get a T-shirt <laughs> with that on it. For yeah, Craig. I think that would be a good bumper sticker, you know, like I said. So, folks, again, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Dale D. Fulton, Mama Grace, and Big Dad's Baby Boy saying, the Lord willing, we'll be back next week for more of the Bible Invasion Brokers, questions and answers, if the Lord is willing. Thank you, Jared. Thank you so much for getting that problem fixed for us. <laughs>